Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. I have a lot of questions for you, Jacob. If you're willing to share, I have a friend that is... Um, considering, you know, copywriting as a second career, kind of making a shift into a new career, um, you know, maybe design, maybe copywriting. And um, I have actually a few other people I know that are considering the same thing. And, you know, they've asked me for advice, but I have limited experience with copywriting myself. Um, so yeah, what I mean, what kind of advice would you give somebody that is looking to kind of transition into copywriting? Um, do you feel like, like you said, one of the biggest things sounds like challenges is finding clients or understanding as a copywriter how to get new clients and stuff. But yeah, what would you say to them? Where What's a good place for them to start? Yeah, so I think the first thing is just to understand the simplicity of what business is, you know, because people who come in, particularly if they're coming in from an employment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, background, a lot of times there's just a lot of overcomplication of what people think a business is. Um, and, you know, every business is literally just sales and fulfillment, right? Yep. Um, and, you know, as a copywriter, learning the fulfillment side, the writing side is very simple. So really, the only thing you have to do to build your business is to go sell. Um, and if you can keep it that simple and just be persistent about selling yourself and mm-hmm. putting yourself in front of businesses and business owners and people who hire, hire copywriters, that's pretty much it. Like mm-hmm. that's literally yeah. the whole business model. <laughs> yeah, I you love know, it. It's just yep. getting your brand in front of other brands yep. that would potentially want to hire you. Um, and so many people who come in, they think they need they think they need to set up an LLC or that they need to get their invoicing software set up. That they need to have some sort of like automated sales funnel that you know they they figure out first or that they need a logo or that they need even a website like and there's a lot of things that a lot of things you'll be able to do to level up over the course of your career sure. um but at the at the beginning it's just about going out and finding someone who'll pay you some money to write a piece of copy and as long as you know have one one thing that you feel confident you can write whether it's like a website page or a blog post or an email. That's all you need to start, you know, going out and getting clients. And if, you know, once you start there, um, just, and again, just getting out and saying, Hey, I'm doing freelance writing. Like that could be your pitch. You send that enough times in a warm network, you're going to have a few clients, you know, within your first, you know, couple weeks or month of, of, of wanting to pursue that route. Um, I've had students, I've had students that I've worked with who, literally land like one guy landed a 14k gig talking to a friend while doing like the second lesson and the homework in my course you know just like it like it's insane what people can you know the the people in your network and the creator economy are doing a lot more than you realize Mm -hmm. so just going out there and having a conversation and saying hey i'm doing you know I'm, i'm writing for businesses is there anything any messaging you need help with like that could supply six months worth of work you know, without you even realizing it. So that'd be my number one bit of advice is just Mm. keep it simple, 
you know, start talking to people that that's what you're doing. Start writing, you know, like uh, I think blog posts are a really easy place to start because you don't need anyone's permission or in, input to go, you know, like for a website, a piece of website copy, you kind of need to know what's going on with the business to do that well. But with the blog post, you just pick a topic, something you're interested in and go. Um, and yeah, that I mean, that that's what it comes down to. Just, you know, uh, do the writing uh, and get out there and and put yourself in a position to sell your services. I love that. What would you say to somebody that, you know, I, I think I can think of two fears that come up for people in the situation. One is the fear of sales. What is that? How do I do it? You know, I don't like selling, you know, that whole idea. And, and I think, I, I think that you and I probably have somewhat of a similar, per, you know, personality. And then I, to me, I'm like, Hey, I'm there to help people. If it's not a good fit, that's cool. Like, let's move on. You know what I mean? So there's the selling part. And then there's the other part, which is, the fear of like, can I fulfill this? Because I'm working with a business now all of a sudden it's scary. You know what I mean? So it just seems intimidating for people who are just getting started. So, I mean, what would you say to people that feel intimidated by sales or like question their ability to deliver? For the sales side, I think a lot of people struggle with like the confidence to get out there and present with confidence. And the thing I'd say there is there's, there's general confidence, but then there's also situational confidence. You know, we all have that friend who like, they're a bit of a wallflower, but you bring up that one topic and all of a sudden like personality change, they light yeah. up, they can't shut up about this thing. You know, like it's just, a, it's night and day because they really understand that. They've talked about it a lot. They're familiar with it. It's a comfort zone for them. Um, and that just comes from experience and repetition, you know? So sales, selling your freelance service, everyone has the potential to feel that confident and that excited about their service that they offer. Um, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of repetition. Um, and there's really no shortcut to it. And so if you can embrace that, you mm -hmm. know, you you can succeed as a freelancer. If you can't, you you can't. Like, there's really no workaround. There's no, there's no secret to it. It's just about getting out and doing it and being okay to fail. Um, and even that kind of goes to that second question, which is, what if I can't deliver? Um, and the thing is, if you if you start off by offering you know, under market rates, which is probably what you have the confidence to offer in the first place, you're not ruining anyone's chance at succeeding yeah. at business yeah. because they spent a hundred bucks on copy they can't use, you yeah. know? And and the reality is like, I think, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we, we know this well, a lot of other people don't, but mm -hmm. like, if you're making a good faith effort, you know, as a marketer, you're going to be doing a better job than like, a huge portion of the market <laughs> That's so true. that yeah, is going exactly. to charge 20 times what you're charging and make less of an effort to actually give them something worth using, you know? So it's just like, like if you just go in as a good faith player in the market, you're not going to screw anyone over. Yeah. You may not get it right. Like you're, no one starts out as a good copywriter. My early copy was yeah. trash. Like when I look back at it, I go, you know, like that legitimately wasn't good. And someone paid me money to do that. But guess what? Hmm. It was better than what they would have written themselves. Yep. <laughs> you know, because most people cannot communicate their ideas through writing. Like it's, it's not true. a skill set that everyone has. Like you, you talk to someone who they can be one to one, give you that elevator pitch, and you're ready to like sell them your firstborn child. But if they were to sit down and put that same pitch in writing, you you like you wouldn't even know what it was. It'd be confusing. It'd be stiff. It'd be uninteresting. You, like you wouldn't even read it. Um, and that's how, you know, most people, 
most people are not natural, naturally able to take an idea that they have and communicate it through writing. So if you can, like that's your initial point of bringing value to the market. You don't need to focus on like how many sales you're closing or how much more traffic you're bringing in. The, the truth is that 90% of businesses don't even get enough traffic to be able to split test to a statistically significant level. You know, like, like it's just like the, the metrics that people think exist that they're being measured against don't really exist. It's just, it's people trying to, you know, have good messaging for their product. Um, you're just trying to get in front of your customers and, and explain to them that you've found product market fit for them. Explain to them how what you're doing matches what they want, what they need. Um, and so if you can just come in and do that, and just make it real clear. You don't even need, you don't need persuasion techniques. You don't need, just just to make it clear. Just make it like where you can read it, and someone could read that, you know, and explain it to the person next to them, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I get it." Yeah. Like that's it. If you can do that, you can make money as a copywriter without needing to feel bad about it. You know? Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I, that is so encouraging because I think a lot of people do have this idea that it has to be perfect, and they have to know everything before they ever get started, and here's the thing too, is that the business owners, they don't have time to think about this and you're doing a service just by even putting effort and in, effort into it for them, especially if you're charging low rates to start with and them having a post out there is very valuable to them. Even if it's not the best post in the world, having a post is better than not having a post and it's worth the investment and they're probably happy. They're probably thrilled with it. It probably will actually bring them in customers if, you know, if it's done strategically. Um, yeah. So I totally agree with you. The other thing I was thinking about is, it's kind of interesting how most people are not naturally good at copywriting, you know, uh, without learning a little bit, but that I've, I've seen, and maybe this is changing. I feel like it's changing a little bit, but I remember a time where it seemed like copywriting was not valued by a lot of businesses. I wonder if you run into that and what, you know, first of all, do you try to convince people that don't believe copywriting is important and that it is and try to sell them on it? Or do you just like, you know what, if you don't understand the value of copywriting, I can't, I can't convince you necessarily. But yeah, what do you, what do you see there when people push back on like, Hey, well, I have Microsoft Word. I could just probably write this myself, you know, like when people assume that they can do it themselves, uh, what do you say in that situation? Yeah. So I, I don't try to convince people of that. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of a combination of, you know, the fact that so many people do know they need it, that there's no point in spending time with people who don't. Um, and then two, like, even if, even if I convince you, mm -hmm. you know, if I place, if I sort of persuade you into having that value, the monetary level of that value is going to be so much lower than someone who's already very conscious of their need for that and how it's impacting their business. Yep. So I, I don't, I don't try to persuade people. I don't teach new writers to try to persuade people. There's just so many people who already know that's what they need. Um, and, uh, and so I, yeah, I prefer to, to focus on those people. It's, it's a huge market. Like, you know, as we talked about before, every dollar that gets made online, there is some sort of copy involved. Sometimes it's more than others. You know, there's a lot of visual media that fuels a lot of sales these days. But there's no, there is no customer journey online that doesn't include some copy. Yep. We like right. from from 2019 to 2020, online sales literally doubled, 600 billion to 1.2 trillion, and that's. Wow. That's after like 500% growth in the previous nine years already. Yeah. So like, you know, mm -hmm. like, 
like we could have we could have a steady stream of copywriters like marching into the field, you know, for the next couple of years, just hundreds of thousands of new writers, and we still wouldn't be hitting the demand. Like the demand is just right. insane. Um, so there's just you know, and there's just no. Again, going back to I don't like there's no reason to try to persuade anyone when there's so many people out there who already know they need it, you know. Yeah. What you know, say somebody uh, you know, was a good writer in college and they're uh, you know, like doing research and um you know, expressing their ideas through the written form. But the copywriting seems like something completely different than a research paper. How, how does one develop as a copywriter? How do, how do they take their ability to sit down and actually write several paragraphs into something that you could sell? Yeah. So it really just comes down to looking into like specific use cases for copy and trying them out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the writing is kind of the core competency. Um, but then, you know, copywriting has different objectives it's looking to hit. And every type of copy focuses on different objectives. So you'd really like, the, you know, the best way to learn how to write a new type of copy is to look at an example of a, of a you know, look at a good example and just sort of reverse engineer it. So if you want to learn how to write a landing page, you go find a landing page that you know has brought in a bunch of money. Um, probably because some marketer out there said, hey, look how much money this landing page brought in, right? Uh, so you go in, you look at that landing page, and then if they, are, if they aren't doing it for you already, you sort of reverse engineer it, break it down, look at, hey, you know, what's, what's happening here? Uh, what, is, you know, what is the point of each section? What is the point of each headline? You know, um, what's the overall journey that's being structured out here? And you know, there's a lot of complexity to it, um, so it's, it's obviously not something you master in a short period of time, um, but you're, you're typically looking to find some sort of a framework. Um, and that's the other side of it too. You can, you can sort of reverse engineer to see what's working in a specific use case, but then you also have, you know, hundreds of proven copywriting frameworks that you can pull from that have been being used for, you know, for decades, if not centuries, um, and that just goes, you know, goes back to, you know, looking, looking through resources that exist online, stuff that's pulled from, you know, books written from, from older school copywriters, uh, case studies from newer school copywriters, looking for the common threads, you know, there's just a lot of things, obviously, like, a lot of that stuff is what I do on my blog. So, you know, if you go to my blog, you're going to find 200,000 words of free content of me basically breaking down how to write copy, right? Um, so, and, and I'm not the only person doing that. Uh, so there's just, there's just limitless, limitless resources to start with. Um, but again, it, it, it kind of all, I think the framework is the place to start because it's just kind of, it's just like with sales. You know, when, when they were teaching us sales at that uh, door-to-door boot camp, you know, they gave us a script. Like that's where it starts. They give you a script and the script isn't designed to be read front to back. The script is designed to give you a mental framework for the journey you want to take a, a prospect on. You know, you're you're starting with you're starting with some sort of idea that gets your foot in the door, and then you're looking to transition that into getting direct input from them on the problems and challenges that they're facing. Um, or in copywriting, you're looking to research uh, or get direct customer feedback from the client you're working with or your own business to figure out exactly what people are dealing with. And then you transition that into, you know, matching the benefits and the solutions that you're selling to those problems and challenges, you know, painting a picture of what, 
you know, their life or their scenario is going to look like with, with this product or service, um, you know, reducing, reducing risk, reducing, reducing uncertainty, showing, you know, bringing in social proof, things like that. Like it's the core process of copywriting is virtually the same across most of the scenarios. And then for each different one, you're just, you're, you're, you're digging into a specific, uh, specific objective, you know, an, an email, email copy is going to have a, a little bit different of an objective than a sales page. Uh, a Facebook ad is going to have a different objective, um, you know, than a social media post. Um, so just kind of learning the different ones and the specifics of them that, but then it all kind of comes down to that, some of these same core frameworks. So it's really accessible to start because you have all those frameworks there. You have hundreds and thousands of examples to pull from right off the bat. And it's just a matter of, you know, taking all that information and then going and working on a real project. So it goes from theory to, to real lived out, uh, you know, learning. I think, I think we learn so much better when we're working on something real than when we're reading about mm -hmm. it because, you know, you, your brain's connecting it all to actual work. It's not just a, it's not just a theoretical journey of, of learning. It's like, a, hey, I'm doing this. I need to know what I put here. I go to the framework. Now I know what I put here, you know? Yeah. You know, earlier on, you said something about um, how you, you saw that you were kind of outranking these big companies that were trying to rank. For, like, what were you doing that, you know, you were outranking a company that maybe had a ton more resources than you and uh, maybe more staff and all these other kind of things to, to make that happen. So I think there's, I think there's two big things I was doing in hindsight. I didn't really know at the time. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. holy shit. You know? <laughs> uh, like, what's going on? Uh, but I think in hindsight, the two things I, I never really bought into long tail. Um, I always thought I, again, Sometimes success is about just being a little bit of a narcissist. You know, like when I was first in yeah. SEO, I always just thought like, like long tail just seemed overblown to me. So for me, yeah. like, can you explain long tail to anybody who doesn't know what that yeah, means? Yeah. So, so long tail SEO is basically you're looking to rank for like really specific terms people are searching for. Um, so mm -hmm. like, you know, say like, instead of, if I, instead of ranking for copywriter, a a uh, more specific version of that would be website copywriter. And then if I was going even mm -hmm. more, even more niche, even more long tail, maybe I'm like right. website copywriter in Denver, Colorado, you know, like we're talking five, six words, very specific, probably not a lot of search traffic, but the idea was, Hey, if you're ranking for that specifically, nobody else is really. So, you know, mm -hmm. you just do a lot of content like that. Um, for me, I noticed like when I would look at the top search results, I noticed that a lot of higher level content was ranking for the long tail stuff. So a lot of a lot of the long tail stuff all was going to a, some sort of a parent parent targeted post. So I would focus there, and I would just I would just spend more mental effort and time on these like on these pillar pieces mm -hmm. going after higher targeted words than than the people that I was going up against because they're they're looking you know they're spreading out their resources across a thousand of these long tail focused posts and I'm spending mm. that full amount of time focused in on this one, this one post, making it the best resource it can be. Um, so I think that was part of it. Um, the other part was that I'm a good writer um, and people stay and read my stuff. And my, my average time on page is like six to seven minutes. Uh, 
Whereas wow. like industry average is typically more in the two to three minute, like you get in two to three minutes, you're usually doing well. Um, and so, you know, that technically, again, technically not a ranking factor, it's more bounce rate. But the thing is, my bounce rate isn't isn't any better than anyone else's. Like the, the people who don't want to read bounce just as quickly, but the people who stay get the much longer read time. Um, and for, you know, even though Google technically doesn't count that, there's really nothing else I can point to to say why my stuff's ranking better than some of this other long form right. that's, that's still focusing on the same parent keyword, not doing the long tail. So I'm convinced that's been the separator because this is, I've seen this happen across multiple niches and websites in completely different spaces. And so I, I think it just comes down to if people stick around and read your stuff and you're doing all the basics of SEO targeting, you know, you're checking off the boxes and then that people are actually staying and reading, you get the ranking, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What are, uh, you know, obviously you're a practitioner in all forms of copywriting, but it sounds to me like you're saying like blog writing's not dead, but it, you know, I obviously come from a place of like podcasting and video production and, you know, video having, uh, you know, people being able to, uh, digest a two minute video instead of reading a 10 minute blog post. Like, you know, what are your thoughts around, around that? So SEO definitely isn't dead and blogs are still the best way to do SEO. I think that's, that's okay. what it comes down to. So, yeah. you know, like, Tap, it, tap if you can tap into the search traffic that's where blogs really shine um mm-hmm. outside of that there's not a whole lot of like there's still people who read content i'm one of them like i yeah. I, I would still rather read a blog post than watch a video or listen to a podcast i accept that i'm a little bit of a dying breed you know um, <laughs> you're like where's my newspaper yeah. <laughs> exactly so i mean the, you, you know it, SEO is one of those things like it, it's very much alive. It, it's definitely always under attack um, by mm-hmm. Google itself, uh, you know. And so five, 10 years from now, what's it going to look like? I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, w- when SEO dies, Google will die, too. So they can't, completely, <laughs> right, you know, like right. it's kind of yeah. one of those things. Um, but um, but that said, I do think, you know, you have a lot more fast term scaling potential on stuff like Twitter or TikTok than you do through SEO. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the SEO stuff, it's very reliable. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's harder, it's harder to scale, but as you scale it, it keeps coming back. You know, yep. that's, it, it's kind of like the email list in that way, you know, like, like the, like I, I could go viral on TikTok tomorrow um, and you know, maybe I get a decent number of followers from that, but even the followers I get, they're not necessarily going to see my next video. You know, if TikTok tweaks its algorithm in a little bit to try to start increasing their ad revenue like that, you know, like the, the, the ongoing value of anything I'm able to pull off in that space is not, you know, necessarily as reliable as the, how the SEO has been for the last 20 years. Again, it could still, there's still those same risks. But, you know, m- most of my businesses function on, you know, we're bringing in the same amount of traffic to the same pages every single month. We're collecting the same percentage into email subscribers. We're selling to those email subscribers at a pretty similar rate. It's all very, very viewable, very consistent. I know that if, you know, I need to go take the next month to focus on like parent stuff that's happening, like my nothing's really going to happen to my business. Uh, 
Yeah. Whereas, you know, for, I, I know people who really do, do very successfully through social media and it's a very different story, you know, like, um, it feels a lot more lo- listening to them like it did from when I was freelancing where it's like, you got to put the time in each month to get any level of return back. Although that said, you can still build an email list, you know, using, using social as your distribution. And if you're doing that, if you're still building the email list, I think, I think there's a lot of cro- you know, similar benefit you can get from that, mm-hmm. but just on the pure front end of the distribution, like assets that you create via visual and, and even until podcasts become more searchable, um, I think, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's the same story for podcasts where like you don't often have stuff that you did last year bringing in new visitors for you today. Um, you know, you can, but it, it's just none of it at, at this point, none of it is the same as SEO where, yeah. you know, stuff that you did years ago can be bringing in tons of new customers today. Yeah. And so with, with what you're saying is, is that you, you feel that SEO via the the vehicle of blog writing is an extremely solid way to, you know, build a foundation and, and grow your business. Oh, absolutely. Is that, is that like what, what I'm gathering from you? Cause you know, I think even as me as a business owner and, you know, we provide content as far as video podcasts and photography content, you know, so do I focus my business on, you know, hiring a copywriter, having one of my, um, you know, team members, employees start writing blog posts that solve people's problems within that space. I mean, is that like advice that you would give me as a, a small business owner? So what I would do is I would look up, I would think through what are the terms that I feel would really drive relevant traffic to my business? You know, what, what are, what are the terms that would bring the right type of people? And then I would just, I would go in and I'd look at like the front page for all those terms. And I would look at that content and I would just ask myself, can I create significantly better resources than everything on this front page across Hmm. a decent number of these terms? And if the answer is yes, then absolutely, absolutely. If the answer is no, then no, (laughs) you know, like, like, like the, the, we're definitely past the point in SEO where just having the content does much for you. Um, like it, you're, we're kind of, we're at that point where like, if you're going to go, you have to be a lot more thoughtful. Yeah. If you're going to play, you really have to go in trying to be the best. You know, you really have to go in trying to create the best resources. I think like, so I, I have a, I have a blog post that ranks number one for website copywriting. Um, and I think I spent like 60 hours on that blog post. Um, Hmm. you know, and that's like, you know, most people don't want to invest that amount of time in a blog post and that's fine. You don't necessarily need to, but that's why I'm number one for that term is because I spent Hmm. more time on that post than most people were willing to. And you sort of, you kind of have to bring that, that type of energy into SEO these days. If, if you want to make it worth your while, cause it is a, it is a, it is a long-term channel. Um, and there's constantly new players coming in with that energy, like yep. myself. You know, like, yeah. I was not ranking for all the copywriting terms two years ago. Um, and the people I beat uh, are very successful people. You know, like their mm-hmm. businesses did not get lost by me overtaking them. Um, and they could decide to come back and try to fight me for them at any point. You know, many of them already have. Um, and so I, you, you kind of have to go in bringing that energy and expecting to maintain that for a long time that like, cause it is a zero sum game, which is not true when we talk about podcasts, YouTube, a lot of these other channels, you know, a lot of these other channels, they're not a zero sum game. 
you can kind of use different angles uh, to to get your niche in the market and get a lot of visibility. Um, so it's just one of those things. Yeah, like it's it's not the right choice for everyone. Um, occasionally, someone comes in and like hires me to do a, like a, an SEO content strategy for them, and my conclusion to them is, don't do SEO. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's still accessible. I think, you know, if, if you're not in a marketing niche, particularly, it's almost all like if, if, if what you're trying to rank for isn't marketing topics where everyone you're doing it against is an SEO specialist, like uh, there's still most of the people I work with, there's, there's a lot more opportunity than they, you know, than most people would think. Even like we talk about how, how, uh, real estate, you know, how competitive real estate is. You got these behemoths like uh, bigger pockets and stuff. If you actually look in the search rankings, there's like two to three big players. That's it. Mm. There's 10 spots on the front page, you know, like, like, right. like, like a lot of these things that, you know, if you were to mention it, people would realize, ah, oh, it's too saturated. You know, I probably couldn't do that. When you actually dig into it, like there's, a, there's a lot more opportunity than people realize. Yeah. What are some good resources, um, to, to become a better copywriter? What are some of your go-to books or obviously your, you probably have a course or. Yeah, no, totally. So I have 200,000 words of free content on my site. As I mentioned before, have the free course, have a comprehensive premium course, all that jazz. Um, I also, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many good resources. There's one, I, if you, if you Google copywriting books, you'll find my, my article of copywriting books, ton of great resources in there. Um, I think it just depends on how you learn, you know? Um, I don't learn really through reading full length nonfiction books. So I prefer to hang out on the blogs. There's a lot of great blogs out there. One of the ones I read, you know, early on was called copy blogger has a lot of simple stuff. Uh, also copy hackers. Um, you know, those are blogs that I've, that I've since beat with my own content, but like, there's still good resources, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, if you, if you prefer to, to learn through like YouTube or podcasts or, you know, uh, 30 second TikTok videos, whatever the channel is you can find right now, you know, you look up the, the topic you want to learn about, you're going to find really talented people teaching on copywriting across every platform. Um, you know, and the ones you're going to find first are usually the best ones at teaching it on that platform, you know? Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, this has been, I think a great conversation. I, I learned a lot and I hope that our listeners, uh, took some stuff away. Ben, do you have any last questions for Jacob or are we going to go right into our recap and takeaways? Let's go right into the recap. Um, I got a few takeaways uh, that I wrote down from stuff you said. Top, um, top three, Ben. No, no, I'm going with five. <laughs> if you, if you buy a website with high traffic, you can turn that into revenue with an affiliate model or selling products to a small percentage of those people. That was a really interesting idea. I hadn't thought of before. Cool business model. Um, one thing I liked what you said is kind of embracing who you are. Don't feel a pressure to hire a team. If it's not right for your personality, it's more important to enjoy your life and have the lifestyle you want. Um, that's a very inspiring. Uh, don't overcomplicate creating a business. It's literally just sales and fulfillment. It's like so true. I love that. Uh, it's a good thing for, to remind us of too, when we're like, Oh man, this is so hard. So yeah. complicated. It's like, no, you know what? It's actually simple. Just like, Hey, I'll do a thing for you and you give me money. Okay, cool. <laughs> Somebody's got your money. You got to make something good and that's then right. get your money. Yep. Um, <laughs> Being confident in sales requires repetition. There is no shortcut. Um, 
And if you're selling services as a copywriter, don't spend time convincing people that copywriting has value. There's so many people out there that already know that who do understand it and, and are ready to pay you for it. So good. Really appreciate it. Those are some those are some on point takeaways from our <laughs> discussion. I'm very impressed. <laughs> That's awesome. We also like to leave our listeners with a um, action item. You know, it's it's one thing to learn new things and and grow your knowledge, but it's another thing to actually take what you learn and put it into action. And so, what we like to do is just ask our guests sometimes, hey, if there's one thing that we could work on this next week to make us better copywriters, uh, entrepreneurs, business uh, owners, uh, what would that takeaway be? What what would that action item be for us, Jacob? I would say um, just focus on clarity. Um, you know, think think about what what's the core idea, the message that I want to communicate here, and 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 don't worry about making it persuasive. Um, don't worry about uh, you know, um, don't worry about like even particular segmentation or getting too sophisticated. Like just just be clear. Like just think like hey, if you know, if this was a class of fifth graders and I was trying to communicate this idea or this you know this thing to them. How would I frame this? What would I say to make this as clear as possible? That's always the best place to start. And it doesn't mean you won't add some things on top of it down the road. You know, you might add some persuasive techniques, but if you can always start with clarity, your copywriting is going to be so much better. And it's it's so intuitive. You know, we, we, we often talk ourselves out of doing that when we're writing because we think we need to be more sophisticated. We think we need to be more persuasive. Um, but it always just comes down to, you know, writing is just communication. It's transfer of ideas from one person to another. And, you know, the more clear you can be, the better. That's awesome. Hey, where can people uh, connect with you and get more information about you know, your coaching and, and other things like that? Yeah, so uh, if you head on over to jacobmcmillan.com, um, all my stuff is there for the most part. Um, you can also connect with me on most of the social channels, uh, but the, the, the blog's the best place to be. Awesome. All right, well, go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. You can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system that'll show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. That's right. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have a question or topic, what can they do, Ben? Uh, well, you can just record us a quick voice memo and send it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. Hey, and until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs>